All right. Thank you for listening to another episode of Remake Rewind. This is uh, Mike, as always. I've got my buddy Alex. What's up, man? Hey, it's me. I almost skipped the introductions and just went right into the the topic because uh, this is a big one. This is one we've been looking forward to pretty much the entire time you and I have been recording. Hell yeah, uh, it is. This was supposed to come out last year and then it got delayed. It got delayed to, to this year despite the pandemic prior prior to all the pandemic pushbacks. So this one didn't get pushed back too bad with the with the pandemic. But uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about Godzilla versus uh, King Kong. Uh, it just dropped today as a recording. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm t- about 30, 45 minute, 30 to 45 minutes outside of watching it. And then uh, we're also going to be talking about the original movie, which has the roles reversed. It's King Kong versus Godzilla from 1962 in Japan from Doho. Or the, uh, the 1963 American version is what we actually watched, the American cut of uh, King Kong versus Godzilla. But yeah, I'm I'm ready to get into it. Have you seen? Obviously, you just saw the the new one, that one you couldn't have seen before. But have you seen the original one before? No, I had not. Uh, how how are you with uh, like the Toho kaiju movies? Like, is that in your wheelhouse at all? I grew up watching Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, um, yeah, I, so it feels too, very familiar. But I did not grow up watching um, the Toho movies. But I'm you know familiar with them. I. Um, I knew I'm what not, I was getting into. I'm not super into them. Like I, my anytime they were on TV, my dad would watch them. So I've seen a ton of Godzilla movies, but I I couldn't really differentiate between one movie and another from like the you know the the Toho classics. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm familiar with the big monsters, uh, Godzilla, Mechagodzilla, Godzilla, Mothra, and that's about it. But uh, I'm a big big fan of the King Kong movies. Like uh, our first episode of the of Remake Rewind back in 2017. Um, Almost exactly four years ago, um, our first episode was Godzilla, and we did uh, four movies, and we still kept it under an hour, which was amazing, but we did uh, the two American versions. Clearly not with me on the podcast. Yeah, (laughs) and it was our first episode, too. We had no idea what we were doing, but we did uh, the 1998 uh, Matthew Broderick Godzilla, and then we did the 2014, and then we also (laughs) did the original 1954 Gojira and Shin Godzilla from 2016. So we covered four movies, so... So, what did you think of Shin Godzilla? First of all, I fucking loved it. Really, I watched I the trailer it is- for it. I've heard really good things about it, but I watched the trailer and I was just like, "Not." Nah, it's fucking that weird. It's bananas, but it is by far the best Godzilla movie. Like, wow, by far. Okay, my follow up question is: What did you think of the 2014 one? Do not care for it. I, there's certain things that, and, and anybody can go back and listen to that episode, um, but. There's certain things I like, and I think the thing that I like about the 2014 Godzilla has been something that's been missing in all subsequent Godzilla films, like uh, King of Monsters and this one. What I think Gareth Edwards did really, really well in the 2014 one, and he did this in his movie Monsters, and he also did it in um, um, Rogue One, is he's very good at scale. And make he he made Godzilla look monstrously huge and made us look small and just made Godzilla and all the other kaijus and in these versions are called Titans, but you know, they're kaijus. Um, he made them look massive and, you know, really low camera angles to make them look even bigger, putting humans, you know, at, you know, us looking up at them and, or us skydiving down over them and just seeing how we're less than ants to these things where when you got into Mon- uh, King of Monsters and from 2019, 
everything was super wide shot so you can get you know multiple monsters in and i feel like it really lost the scale and i think this movie is better at that than the uh, 2019 version but i still think the scale is inconsistent in this movie like i don't think you get a consistent scale outside of the 2014 one so that's the one thing i will say but uh, the big thing with godzilla movies going to the toho ones the matthew broderick one shin godzilla is the monsters aren't in it that much like an average godzilla movie it's like eight minutes of godzilla so you have to have the people carry the story and which i think that's what i hate about 2014 well i think the 2014 one did that more than the subsequent MonsterVerse movie. I actually. agree, but they I think they did a really shitty job with the characters. Like none of them were especially likable. The only one who was likable was Brian Cranston. He gets killed right away. And then Aaron Taylor Johnson's set up to be this like bomb guru who like specializes in like antique bombs. And then he like And he, he doesn't do the one thing. The one thing that he's a specialist at the end of the movie. And like I didn't care about him and Elizabeth Olsen. Like I just didn't care about any of the character dynamics in the 2014. So I haven't been a big yeah. fan of this series other than Kong Skull Island, which I fucking loved. Yeah, I think Kong Skull Island is the best movie out of all of these. By a huge margin. Uh, yeah, I agree. I rewatched um, I watched Kong Skull Island a month or so ago, and then I rewatched uh, both the new Godzillas, uh, the American ones, um, this week to get ready for this. And um, I have a better opinion, a better opinion about um, 2014 Godzilla than I did when I saw it in 2014. I actually enjoyed it um, quite a bit good. this week. And yeah, it definitely. I mean, we're not reviewing that movie, so we don't talk about it too much. But um, I liked that they, you know, that they jawsed it um, and kind of kept Godzilla hidden for most of the movie. Um, yeah. And then they had the big battle at the end. And I think that King of Monsters in this one don't do that. And they take a different direction, which I yeah. kind of also appreciate. I, I like that there's just big, like, balls out fights in both of those movies. Um, so, different, but I enjoyed both. But generally, I and it was like... uh, It was fun to rewatch those. It was fun to rewatch those getting ready for this. I, I, I wanted like to. I just didn't have time. I really, wanted, I really wanted to at least watch Kong Skull Island. Because I've actually only seen it once. And that was one that, like, I didn't think it looked good until, like, three days before the movie came out. They dropped a final trailer. And then I was like, oh, shit, that looks great. And then I ended up really, really enjoying it. Um, but I'm a big fan of of the Kong series. Like, I, I fucking love the original TKO 30s version. I think it's a wonderful movie with the, the rear projection stuff. I think it holds up very well. I actually even like the 70s version with, like, Jeff Bridges. Um I used to really like the 2005 Peter Jackson one when we revisited it for the podcast. Didn't like it as much, but uh, I, yeah. I, I like King Kong more than I like Godzilla, but I do appreciate the Godzilla film. So I was really looking forward to yeah. to this episode, and uh, I'm looking forward to discussing these movies with you because uh, I definitely have opinions on these. So uh, I'm ready to talk yeah. about the uh, American one when you're ready. King Kong is RKO, by the way. Oh, RKO. RKO. I said TKO, didn't I? Total knockout. Yeah. RKO, yeah. Speaking of people being TKO'd, let's talk about the uh, the main bout here. King yeah. Kong versus Godzilla, 1963. <laughs> this movie's fucking weird, man. Oh, boy. It was, um, <laughs> you know, it's not a good movie, and it was just barely weird enough, like a, a weird enough time capsule to, to hold my interest. But uh, it's not a great film, is it? 
No, and the story of how it got made is bananas as well. Have you looked into that at all? Lay it on me. Okay, so um, basically, you know, RKO at this point had already stopped making movies, but they still owned the rights to a lot of things. So there was a one of the stop motion animators at RKO who worked on the original King Kong movie had an idea of having King Kong fight a giant like Frankenstein, literally fighting Frankenstein that got like blown up to being giant. And so uh, like a writer at RKO heard about the idea and stole it and went and shopped it around. And then eventually someone's like, well, you, you can't do Frankenstein because Universal owns the rights to the look, but not the actual character. And there was all this weird licensing stuff. So then they changed it. And while they were pitching it, they were calling it King Kong versus Prometheus, but they just wanted some other giant monster. So eventually Toho found out about it and it had been like seven years since they'd done a Godzilla movie. So they're like, well, why don't we just make it Godzilla? So they, he sold this. This is Godzilla's third, or, uh, yeah. Godzilla's third appearance. Third right? appearance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so they, Toho decides to make the movie and they got to make an American cut. So they made the Japanese cut, which came out in 1962. The guy who sold it to them decides to make a cut. Uh, he gets $15,000 to sh- make some edits and cuts. And then he goes to RKO, who at that point weren't making movies anymore. And they had a bunch of movies that were in the can that weren't going to get released and all this stuff. So they ended up like cutting footage from like other movies, like earthquake scenes and stuff like that to cut into here to make it a little bit more dynamic. And then for whatever reason, they didn't think American audiences would really get the Godzilla versus King or King Kong versus Godzilla in Japan, the, the Toho version. So he thought that American audiences would need a little bit more explanation. So they set up this like, uh, like the shtick where they have like a, a news broadcast. Like the whole movie is essentially a news broadcast, but it's really just a movie intercut with a guy who's a news anchor. And it's the worst fucking production <laughs> value. Like literally it's just like an office in a building and they have like giant maps, like taped or pinned to the wall yeah, and there's like yeah. wrinkles and folds and tears in it and like you just see that and he's just like talking and he brings in witnesses and that like to and like scientists to discuss it and it's literally just like a chair that you see in an elementary school with like the metal legs yeah and like there's like transition effects where they're supposed to be reviewing like a monitor and it's literally just like a still image printed on paper all wrinkly and crinkly in like a wooden frame painted to look like a television. And then it would just like zoom in on this, <laughs> on this fake TV and hold for like three seconds. And then it would transition to video. It was just fucking bananas, man. Yeah. And the, and the anchors, they had like a, a UN anchor, which is just like a United States guy, an American guy and his correspondent in Tokyo. And they would just sort of deliver exposition about what's happening, you know, where, where, where Godzilla has been, and how they're bringing King Kong in to uh, to fight him or whatever. Right. But then it's also just like we're seeing... Oh, no, not like, even to fight him, right? Because they have to yeah. find the, the berries because the uh, the guy, the guy who, who makes it happen is um, the owner of the main television company in Japan. No, it's a pharmaceutical company. It's both. You didn't yeah. let me finish my sentence. Sorry. <laughs> he owns the television company in Japan, like the BBC, but it's the, uh, the Japanese one. But he also owns a pharmaceutical company. And he wants to get these berries that they're using to keep uh, Godzilla or King Kong like um, sedated on the island or happy. Yeah, not sedated, but comfortable on his island. And he wants to sell those berries, but he also wants to televise a fight between these two guys because his television ratings are dipping. Yeah. And like this whole movie, like all the Godzilla movies are supposed to be satire 
uh, and have a, a message about what's going on in the world. Um, so, of course, you know, the original ones were, you know, about nuclear, the, the after effects of dropping the nuclear bomb. Uh, yeah. This one was supposed to be about, um, at the time, Japan was, you know, rapidly advancing in technology. They were exactly what that, that pharma conglomerate broadcaster guy was doing is they started doing these over-the-top promotions and stuff like that. And the, the filmmakers just wanted to point out, like, how stupid, like, conglomerates were at the time so they made this movie and it's which uh, that's actually kind of cool though I, I like that um i think i don't know if the execution or maybe it's just how long it's been um but i but theoretically i like that idea and i definitely got the sense watching this movie like particularly with the um there's like an american scientist that they have on the united nations uh <laughs> talk show radio show and he's just like wrong about everything and he's an he's idiot talking out his and, ass yeah, and to me, it was like clear that that was uh, a deliberate decision by the filmmakers to make this like authority figure seem like an asshole, and I thought that was pretty funny and satirical. I I don't I don't want to give that guy that much credit, the American guy, because that was strictly the American part that they just chopped in. I'm saying I think I think it, I think it was deliberate, but I think it was not. Uh, I think it was like too dry. I don't think it was delivered as well. Maybe because I think the biggest thing was like them explaining thing using him to explain things that didn't really make sense so one of the big things in this movie and this this happens in in uh previous godzilla movies like every time godzilla comes they're like well fuck what are we gonna do this thing's like an unstoppable monster what are we gonna do so in the first movie they ended up creating like a bomb that like destroys oxygen and like suffocated godzilla and then pulled all the oxygen out of his molecules uh which is also in king of uh, monsters the 2018 one yep and so the second movie, it's actually a different Godzilla, and they couldn't do the same attempt because uh, the scientist who created the oxygen bomb killed himself, and he took the secret with him because he didn't want anybody else to use it. So they tried to kill Godzilla with electricity. So in that movie, they used half a million volts to try to kill Godzilla. It didn't work. So in this movie, there's a through line with uh, electricity. So they try like a million volts at a certain point to kill Godzilla. And inexplicably, King Kong is like super powered by electricity and lightning bolts yeah. and whatnot. At one point they explain that, uh, <laughs> like they try to kill Godzilla with it, but it's not going to work. But luckily it helps King Kong. But it's, yeah, that's it's, pretty lucky. Yeah. It's, it's a bananas movie. Get it. Cause, cause monkey bananas. Cause monkey. I think it's an interesting note um, that like the idea of using the UN broadcast um, to reformat um, the Japanese version of this movie for American audiences or just for different audiences is something that they did um, with that movie Merlin's Shop of Mystical Wonders. Do you know that? Never even heard of that movie. You know, makes sense that you haven't. Um, it's an American <laughs> movie from 1996. Um, do you know the the like... The little doll, the little monkey. That's funny that we're talking about monkeys. It's a little monkey doll toy with the symbols. Yeah. That, like claps and the eyes light up red. So uh -huh. that's from a movie um, from 1984 called The Devil's Gift. The guy can't get rid of the um, the monkey and it keeps on like killing people. Um, Isn't that a George Romero film? I thought it was called something. I thought it was called Monkey Shine. Uh, it's based on a Stephen King story, short story. And I think it's been made two different times. Two different oh, okay. Ways. Um, so there's a movie called The Devil's Gift um, that's about a toy monkey where that kills people, and it was recut 
to be in this movie, uh, Merlin's Mis- uh, Shop of Mystical Wonders, which uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 does like a really good send up of. Nice. And um, Mer- the Merlin movie is this weird, like, it, like it's kind of like an anthology. It's about this guy, you know, it's about Merlin, <laughs> not this guy, like the actual Merlin who <laughs> runs, um, you know, a crazy shop. It's like uh, the Rick and Morty, the devil's uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, shop. Like- yeah, it's like a monkey paw thing. But it's like an anthology, but it's also not because it's only two stories. Like Merlin tells these two stories. Um, I but this what is set up like a movie. About. Is it a TV movie or is this like a theatrical movie? I think it was in theaters. Ernest Borgnine is in it. Oh, okay. I love that guy. <laughs> yeah. So like the first story is about uh, a married couple that can't have kids and the uh, the husband like gaslights his wife and uh, gets a book from the Merlin shop and ends up being able to like breathe oh, fire. Him. And I think he kills her or something. And then the second story is the devil's gift, but it's recut and they got rid of all the gore. So it could be like PG 13 instead of R. Um, and yeah, they just, you know, re-released a 12 year old movie inside of another movie. I've never even heard of it. I might have to try to find that somewhere. Yeah, watch the Mystery Science Theater 3000 version. It's okay. really fun. The The real version is not worth watching. Gotcha. But anyway, okay. <laughs> it's interesting to see another um, movie that has a, a wraparound narrative to repackage an older movie. That's funny. Yeah. So to get back into this one, uh, and I, f- I feel bad, both, both movies that we're going to be talking about today, I couldn't tell you a single character's name. <laughs> but yeah. And, you know, in, at least in the new one, I don't feel like I need to know any names besides Godzilla and King Kong. That's right. All I'm worried about. This one, I just called the two, I guess you can call them leads. So, like, the movie at the beginning basically sets up, like, the head of the pharmaceutical company slash broadcast company, like, mentions that he found this island where they got these berries that have all these amazing medicinal properties, but the natives there would only give him a handful. And he's gone back a few times, and each time he's only been able to get a handful. So... He wants to send these two guys over there to try to convince them to get more slash find the god of the island. Uh, so they keep referring to this god of the island that they use the berries to appease. Um, I don't know any of these characters' names, so I just called them Farmer Bro. This, like My notes the entire movie are Farmer Bros <laughs> and Cowardly Farmer Bro. Um, so yeah, they show up on the island and immediately we're just like a prolonged blackface scene. Yeah, that wasn't great. It's it's bad, and it's like they didn't. Even, I mean, you should never do blackface, but they didn't even do a good job. Like, there's so many characters that were like in blackface, where like their arms weren't completely done. Like, they'd be doing their little dances and like shaking around, and like their forearms would be like white still. Like, if I if I were working on a movie and they asked me, uh, or they just started slathering my body in paint to represent a different race, um, you know, I would simply not do it. Yeah, that's fair. That's totally fair. I know, I know it's a different time and you know, you can't judge people the same way that you can in 2021, but goddamn, dude. They, and to there, be fair, there's maybe 50 extras that are painted a different color. And to be fair, that like it, it, we have our issues with race in America, clearly. But in America, we do have a lot more diversity. So if we need to cast natives, whether you're going with South American natives or African natives or, you know, Eastern Asian natives, we have a lot of actors you can find for that. In Japan, they really only have Japanese actors. Like, they're not super diverse there. So, like, I I, I almost want to give them a pass. And it's, you know, it's 2021. So it's a little, it's really easy to look back on it. But it is, like... 
it's bad. Like they didn't even try to do it well. So <laughs> yeah. that was a little weird. Definitely took me out of the movie. They're also giving kids cigarettes for fun. Um, yeah, I, I I flagged that one too. <laughs> <laughs> and then the mom takes it away and starts smoking it. <laughs> and then he's like instantly just like just shitting on their culture like lightning's going like you hear lightning and then you hear roars and the guy's like eh, it's just lightning these fucking well, ignorant people you, you know what i i pinged on that too um but then like the in the next breath uh there's an actual roar and then that guy looks like an asshole so i think that was another thing where it's meant to be um sort of a joke or sort of satirical and maybe it just didn't land perfectly. Yeah. And like, but he I, did I give get him his comeuppance on that. But uh, it was still like, he's still a dickhead. And he's like, the whole movie, he's like making fun of people. And like, they're going on their little like expedition to find the god, uh, which of course is King Kong. And then like the cowardly pharma bro, who's like the slightly chubbier one, is like talking about how his corns hurt and his feet hurt and he wants to go back. <laughs> and then like inexplicably, there's like an earthquake and like half the mountain falls down. So they just turn around and go home. Or not home, but they go back to like the little village. And then you get this like scene where like they actually use real octopi and had octopi attacking like these little miniature villages. And then they composited like the villagers like running and screaming in front of it. So it's uh, meant to be like a huge octopus. Yeah, it's supposed to be a giant octopus. And, you know, King Kong goes and like goes to fight the octopus. But initially, like the octopus just wraps itself around his face. And then like he doesn't really do much. But then the octopus just decides to like leave. You know, the the effects in this movie are really interesting. I really, I don't know that they're well done, but s- clearly so much work was put into the miniatures. I love the miniatures. It was like impressive and, and fun to watch for sure. I I um, really like miniature and stop motion. Like I, and, it, yeah. it just feels more real, even though it's like corny and it it's not like something about it works. Like that's why I really like the 30s RKO um, yeah. uh, King Kong and also like the... One of the best examples, I think, of miniature and stop motion is the original Time Machine movie from, like, the 60s, mm-hmm. the H.G. Wells movie. Mm-hmm. There's some amazing miniature work. And, I like, I really appreciate good miniature work. And, like, I, yeah. you know, obviously and the I, Lord of the Rings still does did miniature work. And then you had, like, Dante's Peak did miniature work, Independence Day. Like, it looks real. Like, I would much rather we still did miniature work. But we don't really do that very much. Yeah, and I think this is like not a great example of miniature work, but there's definitely um, you know some magic to it. Still, there's a charm to it. Yeah, there's a charm exactly. So this King Kong, like his only move is throwing rocks. Like he throws rocks at the octopus, and then they kind of run, like they just kind of like and run away back into the ocean. How did you uh, feel about the octopus ASMR? <laughs> <laughs> it made me very uncomfortable. It was super weird. Well, if it makes you feel better. Um, I mean, I don't think this will make most people feel better, but they use something like, I want to say they use like five or six octopus, uh, octopi to film this scene. And all of them were released back into the wild, except for one, (laughs) which the director ate. I mean, I wasn't too worried about that. I figured they probably took decent care of them. Yeah. Um, Well, they killed an eight one. So yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a different conversation. Yeah. But, um, no, just like the, the way they recorded the sounds, um, and like mixed them made me very uncomfortable. Lots of lots of sloshing and slurping. Yeah, it was pretty gross. <laughs> it really was pretty gross. Uh, <laughs> I I definitely fell asleep like five times watching this movie. I haven't slept very well this week. Like I don't think I've had a night with more than three hours of sleep in like a week. Um, so oh, I what was that? Oh, buddy. 
Yeah, dude. I don't know why. Like, but yeah, I ended up having to rewind and watch a bunch of shit on this. And this was only available on YouTube. So, you know, rewinding and scrubbing on YouTube <laughs> is not easy. <laughs> but uh, hey, YouTube, th- fix your UI. Yeah. You dicks. Uh, the, um, one of my notes is that the reveal of uh, Godzilla was pretty underwhelming. Yeah, it was. So like, like the rest of the movie, we can almost just like really skim because it really just kind of like this movie short. It's only like an hour and 31 minutes, including credits yeah. on both ends. So it's not a super long movie, but they eventually like the like after fighting the octopus, King Kong just goes and sits and there's like these giant jars of the like the, the berry juice. And he just like drinks it, grabs another barrel, drinks another one. And it's like NyQuil. And he just immediately falls asleep. Fucking- yeah, he gets tanked and just passes out. Yeah, he just conks out. And then they put him on like a raft. And Somehow. Yeah. Well, and what's interesting about this, and I actually really appreciated this, is that they realize like this is a giant monster that we can't really control. So we need to have a safeguard. So they like rigged their their uh, raft with dynamite. So that way if like King Kong got unruly, they could just like blow him up or at least blow up the raft and he would sink into the ocean and then they can get away. Yeah. Um which is pretty fucked up, but there's they there's a point where like the military guys are like on are talking to the farmer bros and the farmer CEO slash broadcast guy, and the military is like, uh, dude, we've dealt with Godzillas in the past and Mothras and Gadiras in the past. We don't want want these fucking giant monsters in Tokyo, uh, so no, you can't bring him here. And the guy's like, his name is uh, Taiko, the the CEO guy, and he's like, but he's mine. And the military is like, the fuck he is. Like, if you keep him, we're going to arrest you. And then he faints, like, really over the top, like, oh. That, that dude, the Japanese characters are, like, are acting pretty goofy. But that dude is in a whole other movie. Yeah. He's in, like, he's, like, Kung Fu Hustle level ridiculous. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't matter. That's not totally. a knock. It's it, That's not a knock. It's kind of fun. But it's very, yeah, totally different than the other characters. So... At, at one point, the other kind of subplot that's going on with all this going on is there's a, a submarine that's like lost in the I, I don't know where exactly, but it's somewhere where there's icebergs and in the previous, an American submarine. Yeah, it's an American submarine. But there was a previous in the previous Godzilla movie. They could not kill Godzilla, but they they trapped it in like an iceberg. And the submarine crashes into the, it just happens to crash into the iceberg that Godzilla is trapped in. And it just kind of crumbles and it's just like a hollow iceberg. And Godzilla is just like hanging out at a hollow iceberg. (laughs) It's pretty stupid. And, uh, but you know, to their credit, that is, uh, that's like canon. That's where he was hanging out since 1955. He was trapped within it. So I don't remember exactly how they do that. So they, they tried to kill, like, there's a point where Godzilla or King Kong starts to wake up and they're like, oh, you know, we're going to kill it. And like the main farmer bro goes to like shoot it with his little rifle. He also shot the octopus with like very little effect. Like it did nothing. But he's like trying to shoot King Kong and like the CEO guy's like, no, he's mine. Don't kill him. And then like the guy, same thing. He's just like, no. And he like is waving his arms around and accidentally hits the plunger on the dynamite. To which set doesn't it off, do anything. Which doesn't go off. So then they're like, well, shoot the dynamite. So he like the main i guess the lead like i i guess you can call him the lead keeps just like shooting like he shoots like 20 rounds before he hits the dynamite and it just like blows up and king kong ends up in the water and then it cuts to like oh he made it to land oh there's godzilla like godzilla got to land at the same time and it's like this which is like this there was like this weird plateau and it's like godzilla's 
chest came up to the top of the plateau, but Godzilla was on top of it. And King Kong's just throwing rocks, and it's not effective at all. And then Godzilla just like lights a fire, and King Kong's like, "Oh, I'm out," and like runs away. Yeah, he just sort of scratches his head, and he's like, <laughs> "Well, I guess I'll just go home." Yeah, he's like, "I can't deal with that." I'm gonna check out a different part of this island. So the rest of the movie is just them trying to figure out how to kill Godzilla. So like they giant, they build a giant pit, like they dig a giant pit fill it with like poison gas and they and then they like pour gasoline for miles to because Godzilla is attracted to lights in this version so they use like a fire trail to attract Godzilla to this pit and then they try to blow up the pit and it doesn't do anything so then they set up like a le- an electric fence with a million volts it also doesn't do anything and then this th- we finally basically get to the end of the movie like King Kong and Godzilla are fighting and Godzilla just keeps whooping on Kong uh, until he hits the electric fence and then he comes back and fights a little bit gets killed he ultimately gets killed and then luckily a lightning strike happens and reinvigorates king kong and then they they kind of just tussle and they fall into like the water and then like king kong comes out and they're like yeah king kong won but you know godzilla could totally come back like that's the end of the movie yeah that's it like and the the final battle is also on top of mount fuji Oh, the other thing, which was weird, and another really weird subplot was that they, um, at the beginning of the movie, when they're t- first being told about the berries, the the farmer bro pulls out like a wire, and he's like, "This wire is like thinner oh than a God, piece of hair, wire, dude. and it's so strong, like it's stronger than steel." Look, and he like does a weird thing, and then they realize they need to get King Kong over to where Godzilla is, and so somehow they get these giant balloons. <laughs> And they use like, the same wire and they wire it's like wrap. He, it's <laughs> like he invented the wire. Like he keeps on saying your wire. Yeah. The implications <laughs> a, that he invented it. But then yeah. they have like reams of it enough to wrap up King Kong. With balloons. They used balloons to yeah. bring Kong over. And then they like shoot the balloons out so he drops so he can fight Godzilla. So yeah, there's a whole subplot about a guy who has like amazing wires. Yeah. It's, it's uh, a bad movie. A, there's also a subplot about him, like, coming home to his wife who thinks that he's been dead. Yeah, where did that come from? Like, they mentioned a plane crash. She's like, I thought you were, you you died because of the plane I think, crash. I think we probably lost a lot of that in the American version. Yeah, because that didn't make sense. And that scene immediately came for, like, after a um, a news cut, like, the anchor going, like, and we're going back to Japan because Godzilla is going to make it to Tokyo. And then, like, it's these two women, like, oh, our farmer bros are dead. What happened to our farmer bros? This is so sad. It's like, this doesn't make any sense to try to frame this as a a news broadcast. Yeah. Yeah. It's super weird. And it, it's very apparent that the American side really cut corners. Like we mentioned already, every time you cut to an American office, there was literally just like paper maps that were super generic. And they would just wave to it like, oh, and he's going to Tokyo over there. And they would just kind of like vaguely wave to an area on the map. <laughs> they said he's uh, he's in this area. And they just pointed to a, a, a map of all of Japan. Yeah. It's like, yo, you just pointed at three cities. What are we? Yeah. Can you be but a little then more when you specific? Go to the Japanese part and when they would be coordinating and stuff, you would see like 3D maps with actual terrain lifted off the wall and everything. It's just like, this is so stupid. Like how drastically different the quality of the different parts of the movie are yeah this is maybe not um not a recommended movie i I think well you want to hear something bananas so (laughs) yeah (laughs) at the time 
King Kong, you know, King Kong was a huge, huge movie, you know, obviously one of the biggest movies of all time in America. King Kong was seen as the bigger draw. So that's why he got first billing and why he was ultimately deemed to be the winner of the fight. Mm-hmm. But this, the, the Japanese version of this movie is the 13th highest grossing film in all of Japan cinema. And it's also the highest grossing Godzilla movie in Japan. This is also the first time either character, King Kong or Godzilla, were in uh, color. And also, this is the first time either mm-hmm. of them were in widescreen. So yep, that's true. Yep. It, pretty it's worth noting crazy. the original King Kong is from 1933. So it took him 30 years to uh, battle Godzilla. Yep. God, I, I really want to go back and watch the original 30s one. That one's on HBO Max. It's really good. It's, yeah, I think I'd, I'd like to watch that too, actually. Yeah, it's really good. It's it's a fantastic movie. Like I was blown away by how much I liked it when we when we covered it, you know, four years ago. So, but yeah, it might be that's, worth, it might be worth uh, watching that in the original Godzilla for a mini episode. Yeah, yeah, we should do that. We need we we need to do another uh, Patreon exclusive. So we should probably uh, that that's a good option. I was thinking yeah. of doing Kong Skull Island, but I'd be totally down to go back to uh, back to the beginning of these uh, great great characters. Yeah. All right, bud. What have you been up to? Well, sir, um, <clears throat> I watched uh, Paranormal Activity, The Ghost Dimension, to sort of wrap up my Paranormal Activity uh, rewatch. Noise, noise. Yeah, not, you know, not great, but fun to sort of uh, the gimmick of like seeing the demons and what's going on with the, the special camera. You've seen it, right? I haven't seen any Paranormal Activity movies. Not okay. a well, single let's... fucking one. I think we talked about this. The first one yeah. is absolutely worth watching. And if you like that, the second and I think the third one are pretty decent. Actually, okay. the third one, the third one, the first and the third one are the best. The okay. second is kind of is not as good. The fourth. That's one, what I've heard. Not as great. And then there's um, there's the one that they did that was like aimed directly at the Latino market, um, which is, you know, is what it is. It feels like sort of a cash grab. But also cool that they, you know, include different different type of story. Um but ultimately not a great movie. And then this one, and this was sort of the final gasp, and they sort of they try to reinvigorate uh or get more interest in in the franchise by um promising that you could see the the demons and see that the activity that, that was so paranormal. Mm. And uh the way they do it is they have like um a specially modified VHS camera that uh, that sees the ghost dimension. So they tell another story about a family getting attacked by a demon, and uh, this one you get to see the see the the activity. Sounds kind of dumb. Um, yeah, not a ton of fun, but you know, interesting visuals. And if you've watched all the movies in the series, then it's like, well, I kind of have to watch this. It's like the last Saw movie. Got it. Did you see the trailer for the the new Saw movie? I haven't watched it yet. I think I saw like a teaser um, before pandemic. It it looks. Well, I mean, they just dropped the trailer yesterday. Um, a new one that starts Chris Rock. It's called Spiral, and it looks terrible. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I like I said. I think I saw a teaser for it. I knew Chris Rock was in it. I, I've uh, seen some visuals. I thought you said prior to the, the pandemic. Yeah, they dropped the trailer before the pandemic. Oh, they did they? Like, mm-hmm. Oh, I thought supposed, I thought the new one it was supposed to be trailer. out last year. Oh, damn! It looks bad. It looks really bad. Uh, that doesn't surprise me. I'll still watch it. <laughs> um, speaking of bad, I also watched Bad Trip, the new Eric Andre movie. Oh, I don't like Have Eric you... Andre. I love Eric Andre, and I love this movie. It was oh. so good. So much good. fun. It's basically like uh, if you've seen Bad Grandpa, they take uh, they do they do like a narrative uh, told through pranks. 
Okay. With with real people. Got it. And um, yeah, it was a lot of fun, man. Uh, what else? Re- I revisited Clerks Two and uh, Private <sighs> Parts. Yeah, I love both of those movies. Um, and then the Godzilla movies to get ready for for this. Nice. Yeah, and I thoroughly enjoyed both of those movies, Godzilla 2014 and King of Monsters. Uh, so I, I'm just gonna shotgun what I went through. Um, yeah. So I, I we watched. Uh, Katrina is obviously an actor, and she's uh, the SAG Awards are coming up. So we tried to watch a bunch of uh, SAG stuff uh, that are nominated. So we watched uh, The Great. We watched the entire series so far. Well, it's only one season so far. Um, it's fucking fantastic. It is hilarious. It's it's dark, but it's also like optimistic at the same time. It's on Hulu, and it's uh, Nicholas Holt and um, uh, not Dakota Fanning, her, her sister Elle Fanning are just fantastic and it is such a great show i highly recommend it um the first three episodes of invincible dropped on amazon and i mm-hmm. i fucking love it like i had a blast i i, I shotgunned all of those this weekend yeah um, we watched all those too oh, it was so good it was so i i'm i'm so excited for the subsequent episodes i i really like and i'm not going to spoil it but every episode has about 30 35 minutes following invincible and then there's the credits and then there's about five to 10 minutes of post credit stuff every episode. And it's almost like it's two different stories going at the same time. Obviously they're interconnected, but the invincible character. So as of right now is like removed from what's going on on the, on the, uh, the other side. And it's just like, Oh, it's so good. I I'm so excited. And the cast is incredible. Like I'm, I'm very happy with, with this so far. So um, that's Should something we... I'm going to be watching every week. Yeah, maybe we should uh, revisit that in in a mini mini episode. Yeah, because I'd like to talk to you more about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Superstore it was something that I binged, you know, a couple months ago, and then I caught up. And this season six is a its last season. It's unfortunate that it's its last season because it was the COVID season, and they they heavily lean into it being COVID and that them being essential workers. So it was a really depressing last season, and it ends with the <laughs> store getting shut down and turned into like a warehouse. And like the company they work for turning into like an Amazon type company. So it's a, it's, it's a really kind of sad ending and it just kind of like a show that I thought was fantastic. The last season just really was depressing and sucked. So that was a bummer. Uh, we watched <laughs> the trial of the Chicago seven, which was fantastic. Um, oh, yeah. I've been meaning to watch that. It's really good. We tried to watch the five bloods and we got less than halfway through. Like I know a lot of people really like that movie, but I just thought the acting was terrible. Like Katrina mm, checked out. She was like on her phone. I, I tried to watch it and then we like paused it to, you know, get snacks or something. And then we're just like, we don't really want to watch this anymore. Like it's, it's, it's like they take like, uh, it's like he tried to take like three different like Vietnam movies and mash it into one. So there's little bits of like, um, I'm blanking on the movies, but it, it essentially has like three different movies that it mashes into one. And I just, I don't think any of the, the actors had any chemistry. And it was also weird because you had these like 60 year old men who are playing 60 year old men. And it's like two timelines. Like it's, it flashes back to the, it's the present day. And then it also flashes back to like the early seventies and they have the same actors playing themselves, but they don't do any kind of makeup or anything to age them down. And it doesn't really, it didn't work for me. So um, it kind of bummed me out because I really wanted to see that. And it was like one of Chadwick Boseman's last movies. And uh, I, it just wasn't for me. And then I uh, restarted watching Malcolm in the Middle, and it's 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 good. <laughs> Getting your Cranston fix. Yeah, oh, I love Brian Cranston, but yeah, that's that's what I watched. 
All right. Well, uh, let's get into the new Godzilla versus Kong. Let's do it. Spoilers, obviously. This just came out today. Yeah, yeah we're going to. We're going to spoil this. By the time this episode drops, it'll have only been out for, you know, two days. But uh, yeah, if you haven't watched it yet, go watch it and then come back and listen to this and uh, you'll be good. Well, listen, from the top, I had so much fun with this movie. I found it to be meh. I liked it more than King of Monsters. <sighs> I would put it. I'd, I'd probably say think... this is my second favorite of the four, but I, I don't put it anywhere. Like I give Kong Skull Island an A. I give this one a C minus. I give Godzilla 2014, like, no, I'm going to give this one like a C, C plus. I, I, I don't think it's a C minus. <laughs> I'll give it a C, C plus. And then I'll give 2014. I think this one. A lower grade. And then I give King of Monsters an F. I hated King of Monsters. I think this one, like, tone wise is building off of King of Monsters. And Absolutely. adding in some of the, uh, some of the charm from Kong Skull Island. Um, and the original Godzilla feels sort of like, um, you know, the, the man of steel or Batman V Superman that they're course correcting from. They, you know, each one of these monster verse movies, the, uh, the two Godzillas call, uh, Kong Skull Island, Cole Skong Island. And this one, um, all have pretty different visual aesthetics, but I think they all are invested in having a visual aesthetic yeah that's maybe you'll true. disagree with that but i think all of them go to great lengths to um have like comic book panel keyframes like I, I agree with you on that absolutely i think there are fucking gorgeous shots in every single one of these movies so i think like um the original godzilla is the most like bleak and um oh for sure and gritty out of all these. And then after that, I think they course corrected a little bit and tried to make them like fun kaiju movies. Um, and, and that's kind of what I was saying at the beginning. Like I feel um, like it's the, like it's doing, it's got a different vibe to it, but I still kind of appreciate it. Yeah. I think if you're going to do giant monsters fighting each other, these are kind of doing the best version of it. And, and also since we were talking about justice league recently, I think um, this is more of a comic book movie than justice league is. I agree that I think that's a very accurate <laughs> assessment of this franchise. And that's, you know, we already talked about Godzilla 2014. Like I enjoy it. I don't, I wouldn't change anything about that movie. Well, that's not true, but I, I enjoy it for what it is. Um, and that's not to say that it's anything like Batman V Superman Dawn of Justice, which is if I had one to watch one seen. movie over and over and over again, and it had to be the 2014 Godzilla or Justice League, either version, I'm going to pick the Godzilla movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. I think this, you know, just to to paraphrase that like, one more time, I think the that this is most similar to Godzilla King of Monsters. Um, I think it's a big, um, fast-paced action, you know, uh, kaiju roller coaster, which is not what the original no. Godzilla is, or yeah, the 2014 Godzilla. And it's also not really what Kong Skull Island is. But I think that this one um, works in... Um, some of the the character work that they did on Kong that gave it that charm. I agree. I think the pacing on this was really good. Like this movie ripped. Yeah. Like yeah, I don't think there's any down. wasted. I don't think there's any scenes in here you really would could get rid of or would have to get rid of. Um, yeah. I think it no, flows. Well. Uh, mm-hmm. There's just a w- weird things like after off the top. I'm just gonna say this. What kind of threw me, and I think it's 
it goes perfectly in line with your assessment of what you said, like how they, they essentially course corrected to make it more fun. And they realized, you know what, we're going to mix this with Kong and we're going to, it's going to culminate in King Kong and Godzilla fighting. Um, we're going to make it fun. So where I found it a little weird was, you know, you, you mentioned the first Godzilla movie was very bleak and grim. And it was just like, here are these forces of nature and we're humans and we can't do a goddamn thing about it. Oh, good thing Godzilla actually likes us and is a protector. Thank God. Um, he doesn't even like us. He's just uh, a force of nature that wants to balance things and that happens to mostly work in our favor. Right. And then you go into the second movie and it gets a little out there. So King of Monsters and you just watched this. So you can correct me if my my very, very succinct summary is off. They lean into the hard sci-fi they really lean into it on that one where they're yeah. like, okay, we've got Ghidorah or Ghidorah. Who's a, uh, another alpha who directly challenges Godzilla, but Ghidorah can also kind of, uh, control some of the other Titans or Kaijus, but we c- generated this tone that can kind of point them where we wanted to go. And there's like the shadow organization that was like, it's like the anti-monarch that was, uh, trying to manipulate, Ghidorah to like destroying something. I don't remember what the ultimate angle was, but that's essentially it. Like it leans into yeah. that sci-fi element a lot more. I mean, like these are forces of nature and there's a hierarchy and we're going to try to manipulate the hierarchy with a tone, like a sound. And this one just goes completely balls to the wall where there's like, we're just going to spoil it at the top. Like they, 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 they spoiled it in the last trailer last week, but there's Mecha Godzilla and they have these like spaceships that can go, you know, these like hovercraft, And we go into fucking hollow earth. Yeah, we go into the hollow earth and there's like these energy sources and uh, King Kong, like the hollow earth had like giant like architecture and giant thrones and like underground buildings and giant statues. And there was a culture and it just completely goes like you almost can't other than the Godzilla design. It's almost impossible to link the 2014 Godzilla to this movie other than the design. Like, yeah. If you took out yeah. that middle one, you'd be like, what, how the fuck did we get here? And even yeah. leaning off of the King of Monsters, it's still like, how the fuck did we get here? And like, why would you make these choices? Like, I understand wanting to make like a robot to fight, you know, the, the Titans and you don't want to rely on Godzilla just in case he ever goes evil. I could get behind that plot. I understand it that. It feels, by the way, that feels so Batman v Superman. Yeah, it feels like that. And also Pacific Rim. And they've talked about like Pacific Rim. They wanted to do a crossover with Pacific Rim and and this series, which I think would be cool. And that makes sense. So it's like, I I, kind of like they modeled the mecha, you know, robot off of Godzilla. Why would you Mm -hmm. not just like make, and it's human controlled. It's supposed to be at least. Why would you not just make like a giant robot? Similarly to Pacific Rim, it's got a little guy that's, uh, that's piloting it, but he's not inside. Yeah. But he's using his mind to control it. Exactly. So it's like, why would you not just make it a human? Like, it's a little weird for, you know, a human. Like, we don't have a tail. We don't have all these things. Like, why would you not make it, like, something that is an analog? You're coming at it. um, Logically. Yeah. Well, you're coming at it, like, from the Godzilla 2014 point of view, which is fine. But also, like, you've got to accept that that's just not what this series is anymore. I just think it wasn't in Godzilla King of Monsters. And this sort of goes a little bit further. Yeah. But at least, like, there was a logical... Like, I understood the logic going from the 2014 to 2019. But this one just goes, like, no, we're full-on have future tech, like, hovercrafts and force fields and and la- nuclear lasers and shit, like... And they, this well, movie you know, 
I think if you have if you have uh, Godzilla and all these other titans fucking around for uh, five, seven years or whatever it's been at this point, um, you're going to put more research into those areas and you know, That's it might fair. progress faster than you can imagine. Like look at the coronavirus vaccine. Like, usually vaccines take uh, at least 18 months and this one was almost uh, was under a year. Mm hmm. And the same thing with, you know, World War One and World War Two. Like when when humanity is uh, is put in a corner, it develops technology very quickly. So that doesn't bother me too That's much. That's fair. I think th- I think the the idea that they modeled it after Godzilla is definitely funny. And it didn't bother me at all. But you're right. Like that's that's silly. How does this guy control a tail with his mind? He's a human. It should just look like a human. Yeah. Well, and then also like the biggest thing that was was the 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 hollow Earth theory and the uh, the, the essentially little spaceships that they were flying around piloting the the inverse gravity <laughs> spaceships and that was the thing so the hollow earth thing and like we haven't even talked the plot we're just talking like these weird things that are in the middle of the plot the hollow earth thing didn't really make sense to me not that it needs to make sense but essentially the the base level summary of this movie is it starts with Godzilla attacking this corporation called Apex, and they're like cybernetics and robots and AI, and you know they're just a conglomerate that does technology. And yeah. Godzilla is attacking this facility. There's also a podcaster who who works for this company, but also is trying to like reveal the secrets. Mm-hmm. And he gets with uh, Eleven um, from Stranger Things, and also the kid from uh, Hunt for the Wilder People, and, yeah, and Deadpool too, and Deadpool too. Um, so that's like one plot where they're, they're trying to reveal the secret. You have Kyle Chandler, who was in King of Monsters, who hated Godzilla. But by the end of the that movie, he liked Godzilla. But this movie, he's back to hating Godzilla because Godzilla is attacking people again. That whole, he has a conversation with Eleven where they're arguing with each other. But I swear that they're saying the same thing. They really are. He, sa- he says like, you know, uh, God- monsters are like humans. They can change. And it sounds like he's saying that they can go from being good to bad because now he's cleaning it up after Godzilla attacking. But then she's saying, well, it's not his fault. He was being provoked by something. And he's like, yeah, I know. So, you know, go back to school and blah, blah, blah. Um, and I, I almost rewound it a couple times to like, to, to parse out what they were saying. Cause it sounded like they were just arguing the same point. That yeah. Godzilla they were like, like splitting hairs. Like they were guy. almost on the same page, but not quite. Yeah. So like that's yeah, it was a strangely written scene. Yeah, that's like one plot, and like Kyle Chandler pops up a couple different places because he's now like the head of Monarch, but like doesn't really do anything for the plot. Like he's just kind of there periodically to go like, oh, somebody should care about Eleven. Um, so this movie, I have I have opinions about Eleven too. By the way, um, this movie is the least interested in its human characters out of all four of. That's them, correct. I, I agree and, with you hundred percent. And I just saw, I didn't read the whole interview, but I just saw something with Adam Wingard where, um, by the way, this movie is directed by Adam Wingard, who is a fantastic uh, indie horror film director who uh, has sort of made it to the big leagues now. Like this movie is being very well received. It's it's already made back its budget in the first day. Like it's a hit. And um, he's, he just got Thundercats this week. Exactly. He got Thundercats, be- I think, because it was a hit. They probably waited to release the news today, but I think they also wanted to make sure that it did well. Um, but Adam Wingard did um, uh, You're Next, a uh, wonderful indie oh, horror film, very yeah, similar I, to... I've heard that one. Yeah, yeah. Similar to Cabin in the Woods, if you like that. Um, and he did the uh, Death Note movie for Netflix, which, not great, but I think he was sort of brought on to fix that. I think it's watchable because of him. Um the Blair Witch reboot. 
Yeah. And um, <laughs> which I'm, I'm naming like the movies that did not do fantastic, but he also did uh, the fucking guest with Dan Stevens. Yeah. From 2014. That movie. Which I, I met Dan Stevens so much fun when that movie came out. He came to Best Buy to buy a bunch of copies of it when I, oh, I never, oh, fuck it. I just said it. I used to work at Best Buy <laughs> and he came over to buy a bunch of copies of that movie. He was super nice and super cool. Yeah. Um, I think I'm glad that Adam Wingard got um, got like a studio movie that is finally doing well. He's also doing the um, sequel to Face Off, by the way. Yeah, he is, which I think is yeah. fantastic. What I think is really interesting is you look at these four movies. I could not tell you who directed the King of Monsters, and I'm not going to look it up. Um, and I can't pronounce the I can't remember his name either for Kong Skull Island. But the two guys who directed movies with Kong, Jordan Voight Roberts, yes, him. Thank you. He's great. He he's yeah. doing the the Metal Gear Solid movie. So like the two people yep. who worked with Kong are like blowing up, and like yeah. the people who did the Godzilla movies aren't aren't doing as well. So, that's um, I mean, I think Gareth Edwards he did Rogue One, but it essentially got ripped off of that movie and replaced by Tony Gilray unofficially. I think uh, I think that he will do all right going forward. I think he'll do fine. He'll a good track record. He'll he'll pull through, but I think it's just interesting that the two people who did the the Kong movies are the ones that like are immediately sure. seeing success. So anyway, Adam Wingard uh, said something recently um, that he thinks that eventually they should just take the human characters out of these uh, MonsterVerse movies. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing, so if I got that out of context, Adam, I'm sorry. Please come on our podcast. Um, <laughs> but Open you can feel bite. that in this movie. And I, th- I think that's like something that I wouldn't agree with in theory. But having watched his movie, if it's executed well, I don't really have a problem with it. Like I just want to see Turbo Lizard and Monkey Fight. <laughs> uh yeah i guess and if it's fucking cool then it's fucking cool man yeah um i mean you know what i the the 2012 or 2015 uh mad max fury road when they announced that movie and they were saying that it's essentially a two-hour car chase i was like that's gonna be terrible there's no way that's gonna work and it is one of my favorite movies of all time. Like, I watched that movie yeah, at least twice a year. It's all about execution. Yeah. So, you know what? I've been proven wrong before. I did not think that Fury Road would be uh, even filmable, let alone good. And it is by far one of my favorite movies ever made. So, you know, yeah, I'm never going to say about, never like, anymore. You talk about taking the human characters out of the MonsterVerse and how that sounds like a bad idea. But all of my emotional connections to this movie were to Kong. And the little and girl. He, I would say the little girl. Sure, sure, effective. but she's she's a she's like a satellite of him. She's connected to him. Yeah, that's fair. Um, the last scene of this movie is Kong uh, signing to the little girl and saying "home." Yeah, and then it cuts to credits, and I, you know, I got a little tear in my eye. That was, was very wonderful. effective. That's all I need, man. He had his journey. So it was beautiful. That's that's the third subplot we haven't brought up yet. So the other plot is uh, Monarch is observing Kong. They built a giant dome over Skull Island. They Truman showed him. Yeah, because they're very concerned that. Uh, Godzilla will show up and fight him, which fair, like she was right. The scientist who's like in charge of like keeping Kong safe, Rebecca Hall slash Jane Goodall. So she's like, if I, if we move him anywhere, like Godzilla will find him and attack him for whatever reason, Godzilla hasn't realized this Island exists. And even though Godzilla is like Skull Island in, in Skull Island, it's like, uh, it's concealed by a storm or something like a, a constant storm system. Right. So, and she would ended up being right. So like, 
Godzilla is like on a quest to just take down this conglomerate apex. But when it just happens to be swimming around, it sees it finds out that uh, Godzilla or King Kong's around and decides to like change course and go fight King Kong. So she was right. Well, but- yeah. I mean that that's uh, simplifying a little bit. It right? is because they take they take, to... they take King Kong out to fight Godzilla because Godzilla seems to have gone rogue. No, that's not and... what they were doing. They were trying to avoid Godzilla. That was. Oh no, I'm sorry. You're right. They they were taking King Kong to um to, to show Earth. them Hollow Earth because they needed to get a power supply from Hollow Earth to run what ends up being Mecha Godzilla. But I think we didn't know that at the time. None of the yeah, none of the, those characters knew. So you had um one of the Scars yeah. guards and Rebecca Hall. But they, sorry, but they knew that Godzilla was going to be attracted to King Kong. So they were trying to like, uh, they were trying to sneak through the backyards of the ocean. Yeah. So that uh, Godzilla wouldn't realize. And then he did. So yeah, totally did. And then they knew that it was going to happen. They just hoped that it wouldn't. So the, yeah, that third plot hole or that third thread is the apex (laughs) CEO goes to um, Alexander Skarsgård, who this is like one of the other issues I had at this movie. He's a geologist. And he and his brother came up with the hollow earth theory and the um, CEO goes, Oh, by the way, here's like the latest, like this is almost verbatim the line in the movie. Like here's the latest imagery. Um, You were right. And it just shows like a big black, like circle in the middle of the earth with a few like tunnels (laughs) coming out of it. And he goes, this is the latest imagery. Um, Can you go? And then the guy's like, Oh, so I was right. And he's like, yep, you were right. And he goes, Oh, okay. So my brother did die going to the hollow earth. And then like all of a sudden it's like, he went from like, I mean, like I'm kind of a quack and nobody believes me to like, Oh, I was totally right. And that's how my brother died. And then he's all of a sudden an expert on it. He's like, Oh yeah, there's like inverse gravity. When you go, cause it's in the middle of the earth. So when you get to a certain point, gravity inverses. And I mean, listen, you're, I know you're, you're kind of shitting on it, but I thought it was like wonderful B movie nonsense. Well, I immediately uh, thought like, oh, this waving. is going to be kind of cool. And I thought, and I think this was part of it because there is like part of the, the 11 and hunt for the wildebeest uh, slash podcast adventure is they show up in uh, Florida. They go to like the Florida branch of the conglomerate and they're like, you know, sneaking around the facility and then they end up in like a little elevator and then it goes through the earth to um, Hong Kong. So I was like, oh, cool. They're using the hollow earth as like almost like they did in the remake of Total Recall, where it's like, oh, we're just literally cutting through the middle of the earth to get to the other side of the world kind of thing. And I, thought, I was like, I thought that was going to be kind of interesting. But no, it turns out like there's like a dimensional force field that they cut through. And then when they cut through their gravity shifts and like it's like going through a black hole kind of thing, like they didn't really explain it. But all of a sudden he's the, like, oh, yeah, I'm an expert on this now. And then uh, he can pilot the ship with no training. Like he's just able to fly this like <laughs> super advanced spaceship thing. Like it's not a problem. And then later to be on. Fair, he's just screaming the entire time. <laughs> yeah. But later on, he rewires the engine to be a defibrillator for King Kong. Yeah. And he's a geologist. I love it, man. So it's a little goofy, but like. No, it's, it's nonsense. Yeah. And like this movie is way more fun than any of the sub or previous movies in this like by far this is like we're not taking ourselves serious like we ju- we know you don't give a shit about the story like a lot of people don't give a shit about story if the visuals are amazing which is very obvious by the snyder cut um but <laughs> that's really what this one was they're like we don't give a shit about the story we don't give a shit if you take this serious like you just want to see king kong and godzilla fight so we're just gonna give but- you a weird fucking story and like for people who like that, but it but works. but but you're right. 
Um, but I still think that they went out of their way to provide um, an emotional connection to Kong. I, I think you're right. I think that's totally valid. And uh, so you you can hand wave the uh, the plot stuff all you want, and people will still enjoy the movie if it looks great. But people will remember the movie if they actually connect to one of the characters. Yeah. And I think they pulled that off with Kong. The, it's definitely a tightrope, though. Yeah. So and it, it it's it's interesting. So like they there's a girl who's deaf and she signs to Kong, and it turns out like Kong is way more intelligent than anybody even realized. Um, Dude, so that moment uh, was one of my favorite parts of the movie where they realized that Kong can sign back to them, which in hindsight, I guess it makes sense that you'd have a gorilla be able to sign. Right. It's like a real world thing. Yeah. But when that happened, I they didn't spoil it in the trailers. And I thought that was so fucking cool. And uh, he started signing back and they did the subtitle. And I was like, oh, fuck, that's awesome. I love this. And it really ties back to Kong Skull Island because we find out. And it's funny, the, the director, Adam Wingard mentioned this he goes a lot of people were concerned about the size discrepancy but luckily in in the uh, previous film they gave us the out by saying he was just a teenager and was still growing Mm -hmm. so we were able to just make godzilla or king kong bigger and just hand wave that away uh but in that movie they reference like you see the skeletons of kong's parents and so mm-hmm. he like clearly wants a family. Like that's how they manipulate Kong into doing everything they want him to do. They're like, "Hey, if you go to this Hollow Earth thing, you'll uh, there's a potential that you have your family there." And so they eventually get to the Hollow Earth and they find like giant manipulated, but luckily they are actually right. Yeah, they find like giant Kong statues, and he finds like an ancient axe made with a Godzilla, um, you know, scale or scale thorn or whatever. or whatever it is, like on the back of his tails and his back. Um, and they plate, had what plate. was interesting is there were like buildings, like doors and like switches, like you can use the 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 axe as a, a key and there's a throne and like to me I thought that was really interesting, but I'm also like, well, why didn't they do any of that on Skull Island? Like why doesn't he have like a cool like cave where he does he didn't build himself a chair kind of thing? Like I understand they don't want to, you know, let the humans know that they I guess they can do all that stuff. That didn't really bother me. And I think like one of my one of my big questions coming out of this movie is what are they going to do with this series going forward? And I think that's what they need to what they can explore. Yeah. If they gave themselves an opportunity for sequels there. Yeah, I so think so. Bother me. I, I am interested to see where this goes. Like it's fun. Like I've bitched about pretty much all these movies except for Kong Skull Island. Um, yet I still watch these like I went and watched King of you Monsters know, and didn't I, do a podcast episode on it. Like I still watching these movies out of all these out of all the like mega franchises that are going right now i mean this isn't my favorite i don't think it's the best or anything but i appreciate that this exists because it's not like anything else it's not like even marvel you know the fatigue is starting to set in i think they're doing a great job entering their fourth phase but um you know it's there's there's some fatigue there and uh, dc is just trying to parrot them and and then also trying to like course correct all all of their mistakes with doing that or, you know, do the opposite uh, haphazardly. Um, and, you know, there's what other franchises are out there right now? Fast and Furious and James Bond. Suicide Squad. All those things. But, I mean, you brought up DC. Yeah. And I mean, all these things just feel um, sort of tired. And I appreciate that there's this like ridiculous kaiju series that's just doing their own fucking thing. Yeah. I think it's and, cool. You know. I, I do think that they recognize and, and sorry, and also I really appreciate that they're hiring filmmakers like Adam Wingard and Jordan Voigt Roberts and Gareth Edwards 
you know, say what you will. I think he's great. I want to see more movies from him. So I think they're doing what DC sort of promised to do, which is really giving interesting filmmakers a voice with hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. And I, I do think with each movie, the special effects got a little worse. I don't know, man. I think this movie looks pretty good. I, I thought Mechagodzilla looked, looked terrible. I think Kong looked pr- uh, good. I think God, I How think do you Godzilla, make Mechagodzilla look good? It's a ridiculous design. Yeah, but you look at like um, Pacific Rim, like those robots still look cool. Like it, it I think they look like wanted a, to make it look like the original Mechagodzilla. Though. I, I get that, but like it, it looked like a video game rendering to me. Like it looked like a video game mm. cutscene Mechagodzilla did, where I think, you know, it's still obviously CG. I, I think Godzilla looked incredible. Like I still think the yeah. Godzilla uh, model looks fantastic kong because he's you know he's an ape and he has more expressive face he looks more cg than than godzilla does um but that's i mean that's just you know that's the uncanny valley thing you recognize when something's expressive or has a face looks animated but i I do think that like i think i think godzilla 2014 had the best special effects of the four movies and then I th- and I think Kong Skull Island was fantastic. Had amazing special effects as well. I think Godzilla 2014 is very dark. It is dark. I, that's I watched fair. it like four days ago, and it's it's incredibly dark. It, and I think it fair. works for that movie, but um, you can't see anything. And this one is like they have a, a fight in Hong Kong where every building is lined with uh, with neon. That fight was reason. rad. That was a really cool fight. Like Kong parkouring all the off fights things were rad, and stuff. Man. Like I was standing up on top of my couch, clapping at, on every uh, fight scene. I, I didn't like the submarine or not the submarine the the ship battle as much. I did oh, appreciate like I they mean, promised that there would be a definitive winner, and I think <laughs> they had their cake and they ate it too. So like round one, they even like called out like Godzilla won round one, which was totally like made sense. Like Godzilla can sur- fight in the water where like Kong was out yeah. of his element and yeah. was kind of like surprised. And then they're like, oh, round two went to Kong because he like knocks Godzilla out, but then Godzilla comes back and like essentially kills. Uh, King Kong and they resuscitate him and then uh, you know they kind of come to an agreement after they fight Mechagodzilla <laughs> together. Um, I was so worried that they were going to like wink at each other or something. Yeah. So I, I appreciate that it's like you know I guess you can say the definitive winner would have been Godzilla because he's the one who technically like almost killed God um, King Kong so I appreciate that they didn't just flat out call it a draw. Um, yeah. And yeah, Kong would have only won, uh, Kong would have not survived without uh, human yeah. intervention. And I, I kind of like that. I don't know if this was on purpose. I'm going to give them the benefit and they, of the sorry, doubt. Sorry, they used, they used electricity to reset. That's what I was going to say. There's so a couple different like, a nod to the last movie. Oh, homages to that. So one of the electricity to revive, revive King Kong. The other thing is the point where they like hella, they, they fly him over somewhere yeah. else. So they, yeah. they flew like in um, their previous movie, they used the wires and the balloons in this version. They used helicopters and had him in a net and then dropped him. So, you know, there are they also, a few illusions. They also, in the 63 version, he shoved a tree down uh, Godzilla's mouth. And this one, he shoves that bone axe down his mouth. I, I love, I thought that was probably the most effective thing. What I thought was funny was like, you know, in, in the 2014 Godzilla, we got the atomic breath, what, once or twice? Yeah, it was like, a, you know, they led up to it. it was yeah, they led up and to this it. this one, he's just using it all yeah. over the place. And then they used it a few more times in in that one, in uh, King of Monsters. But this one, he's constantly using it. And, uh, you know, the first couple of times he uses it, Kong's like, oh, shit, what the fuck is this? And then by, by the Hong Kong fight, he's, like, doing everything he can to grab his mouth and keep it shut or hit him in the mouth or drag his head around or 
clump yeah, his mouth it. shut or put the axe in his mouth. So like, I thought that was really effective. Like, I do think the fights were very, very well choreographed. Yeah, agreed. Uh, um, I I was Team <laughs> Kong though the whole time. Like, I I had this discussion with yeah. uh, a bunch of people over the years where I always always said like. You know, an ape, relative intelligence, if they are like other species, an ape's going to be smarter and has the opposable thumb and the longer arms. And if he gets on Godzilla's back, there's not much, you know, Godzilla should be able to do to get him off. So, like, I was really hoping that, you know, God's, or King Kong would be the definitive winner. But, you know, I get it. Godzilla was top build and has had two other movies. I kind of figured they would make Godzilla the winner, though. So where do you think they go after this? I think that I'm going to answer your question for you. Um, <laughs> I think that they have not. They've called Godzilla king of the monsters, so they've used the term king yep. in these movies. And Kong, who is usually King Kong, has not been called King Kong That's in true. these movies. So I think the next movie is probably going to be a solo Kong movie called King Kong. That's about him, you know, ascending to power in some way, probably in Hollow Earth. I think you're right on that front because they this movie didn't have a post credit scene. But um, Adam Wingard um, mentioned that they filmed a post credit scene, but then they ended up using it somewhere else. And I think if I were a gambling man, he didn't reveal what it was. But if I were a gambling man, I would say before Kong goes back up to you know Hong Kong to fight Godzilla and Mecha Godzilla, there's a point where they're like hanging out in the little temple, and Kong is just kind of sitting on on the throne. I yeah. feel like that was probably the post credit scene originally. Yeah, I think it's going to be about him uh, bringing order to Hollow Earth. You know, the one other nitpick I have that I thought was dumb, but like it was obviously a very much a plot contrivance to be able to get them back up to the surface was that Godzilla used his atomic breath as a drill and drilled to the core of the Earth (laughs) just to give them an exit there. I thought that was a little weak. uh, Yeah, I mean, it's one of the weaker parts. Didn't bother me, but I I hear you. That's another thing. There's just a hole that goes to... Uh, to the center of the earth now. So like whatever the next movie is, is going to have to deal with humans knowing about hollow earth. Yeah. And I guess like they went there and they can report back to it, but there's literally a hole in the middle of the earth. So when uh, it goes to it, when this trailer came out, the, the, and people, you know, people guessed Mecha Godzilla, you know, years ago, but then like people saw like this, the, in the trailer that came out like a month or so ago or two months ago, there's a part where like Mechagodzilla like dives over a bunch of buildings and you just see in the trailer, you just saw like a flash of red. So people are like, Oh, that's probably Mechagodzilla. Um, mm-hmm. But you also saw these, the, I keep calling them spaceships, but the ships that they were flying in this movie, um, earth ships, you saw them in the original trailer for like a frame. They're only in like a frame or two in the, in the original trailer. So I thought they were going to go like crazy with this and bring in the aliens. Cause like in the eighties and nineties and two thousands, um, all the, t- the the kaijus apparently came from like aliens and aliens were like experimenting with earth so for a minute I thought those were going to be spaceships like li- literally mm-hmm. alien spaceships so well, I kind of thought that's where is, this was going to go Ghidorah is an alien in, um, in King of Monsters so I think that's another avenue that they can definitely yeah. explore like where did Ghidorah come from yeah and that was the other thing that I thought like they didn't um, really explain in this movie was uh, so the way they were building Mecha Godzilla was uh, Ghidorah had three heads, and so they say that there was most likely they theorized they didn't actually say it, but some of the leads go um, they stumble across the control room, which was a Ghidorah skull, and the control center was in Ghidorah's brain, and then so they were like, oh, there's probably a, another Ghidorah skull slash brain inside Mecha Godzilla, and yeah, 
you know, whatever, right? So I thought, you know, they they lose control of Mechagodzilla. Like Mechagodzilla somehow just electrocutes the pilot and they're like, oh, it's controlling itself. Did, was that the AI or did Ghidorah take over? Yeah, I don't know. I think it might be like base level instinct of Ghidorah. I don't think like it knew that it was Ghidorah, but I think it's... Because it was um, able to control all of its weaponry instinct. and everything. And very yeah, effectively. I mean, so I thought you know, I like it, maybe it was AI, possibly, because they mentioned at the beginning of the movie like there's a little infomercial about the company. They're like, we do AI and robots and this and this and this. So like, I wasn't clear if it was AI, it was just like programming of the robot, or if it was Ghidorah. Yeah, I think, you know, it's a hand-wavy answer because we need the thing to be fully operational because it looks cool. Yeah. But yeah, I mean... Um, did you did you get that the... Uh, the telepathic pilot of Mechagodzilla is the son of Ken Watanabe's character in the last two That's movies. That's what a lot of people theorized. I didn't catch his name. Was he actually the son? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm looking at the Wikipedia. Uh, it's his son. I mean, that Ren makes Serizawa. sense. Yeah, I feel like they didn't really touch on it. But I'm surprised I mean, I they wouldn't like, blatantly really say me, that but... in the movie. Yeah, same. Yeah, I, I feel like that would have been a really good... But even if they but didn't again, say I think it, these movies looked at like a like photo we talked about, of I think. Father. Yeah. And like I said, I think these movies are concerned less and less with the uh, the main characters. I think that's more like becoming an Easter egg. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah, I mean, yeah. you obviously liked this movie a lot more than I did. I think it's definitely worth watching. It's definitely worth the yeah. watch. If you have HBO Max, watch it. If you feel safe going to a theater, go to a the theater and watch it. Um, yeah, I, I got my, uh, my second poke last week. And um, once my two weeks are up, I'm definitely going to go uh, see it on the big screen again. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's definitely better than the '60s version. So this is definitely a remake where I'm going to say, yeah, it should have been made because, uh, you know, stamp of approval. Yeah, but uh, yeah, thanks for listening, uh, Alex. Please tell our listeners where they can find you. Yeah, I'm uh, on the tweeters at Polishi P U L I S C I. You can find me on Instagram at Dyslexic D Y S A L E X I C. And if you want to follow along with what I've been watching, you can follow me on Letterboxd at Polishi as well. And you guys could check out everything that's MDX Pods related at mdxpods.com, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at MDX Pods. If you want to support the show and get extra content, you can go to patreon.com slash MDX Pods and support the show there. And uh, pretty soon, I'm, I'm finishing up the paperwork with uh, Amazon, but we are going to be Amazon affiliates. I know a lot of people don't like Amazon, but I know a lot of people are begrudgingly using them. So, um, Maybe by the time this episode drops, I'll have the link. But if you have to use Amazon um, and you want them to have a little less money, you can shop with our affiliate link and then uh, we get a very, 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 very small percentage. But, you know, you're giving a little bit less money to Jeff Bezos. So uh, think about it. But uh, thanks for listening. and uh, Bye. Bye.